Thanks very much. Luke, I hope you're not done for the day because you're hopefully picking up afterwards, but uh, not tomorrow. Um, well, a very good morning to you. My name's Rich. Uh, I'm one of the elders here, one of the pastors here. It's great to have you with us. Um, we're going to be um, in Galatians, so if you've got a Bible, please turn there. Um, I just want to um, just kind of just, I guess, preface really. So throughout August, we have slightly shorter services, which means the kids will be in with us. Youth, you're in with us as well. Um, so if there's a little bit of to and froing and fun uh, and family time, then just enjoy it. Um, I think, you know, one of the main um, illustrations that the Bible uses for us as a church is family. Um, and so let's really embrace that. Let's embrace um, the kids. Let's embrace um, the welcome distractions um, and the joy and the life that they bring. Um, we'll get them involved in the sermon, hopefully, um, on the way through and things like that. Um, but we do have a slightly shorter service, um, so I'm not going to be preaching for too long today. Um, but throughout August, we've been looking um, at a short series. So we've got three weeks looking at um, the Holy Spirit. So if you were here last week, um, Dan kicked us off with that, looking at, uh, if you like, the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, And this week, um, we're going to be looking um, at how it is that we as Christians walk by the Spirit. Um, So we're going to be in Galatians um, 5. um, And so we heard from Dan last week that the main role of the Spirit, if you like, is um, to reveal Jesus uh, to us, um, and in doing that, to glorify the Father. Um, and so Dan mentioned um, that as, as we put our trust in Jesus, Dan mentioned briefly in his sermon um, a passage from John 14, um, um, briefly uh, in his sermon on the way through, where Jesus spoke and he said, um, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Um, And so as Christians, we can be confident that that God has given us the Holy Spirit as a helper, um, as a guide, as a counsellor, someone that will lead us through. And then actually in the next chapter in John, um, Jesus said that, uh, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. This is talking to his disciples, those that were following him. He said, whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he... It, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, and so we're going to look at what does that mean for us to abide? What does that mean for us to dwell, to live with God, for us to live with him, for him to live in us? What does that dynamic look like? What does it look like for us to um, walk with the Lord? Um, and I would imagine there are probably three kind of groups of people um, that I think this is particularly relevant to. And I can almost guarantee that you will fit into one of these categories um, in, in that there are people that you might be at a place in your uh, Christian walk where actually you're really confident in who God is. Um, you know you're secure in Christ. You know your identity. Um, as, Sarah, as Sarah shared um, so beautifully a minute ago, she, you, know, you know that your identity has fundamentally been transformed. That doesn't mean you live perfectly, but you know there's a sense in which God is taking you on, God is walking with you, um, and you can live in faith for that. There might be those that you're here, um, and perhaps you did make a commitment at one point, um, but it's somewhere along the way, it's just kind of got a little bit lost, as if you've kind of started out with such great enthusiasm and such great faith, but somehow it's kind of deviated somewhat. Um, and then there's probably the third category of people here that probably don't know the Lord at all, um, have never encountered God. Maybe this is your first time at church. Um, if so, you're very welcome. Um, but those people that have never actually really engaged with the Bible, with Christianity, with Jesus, with the implications of that um, for their lives. Um, and so we're going to read um, 
from Galatians, um, and we're going to get into this in a little bit more detail. So um, if you have a Bible, Galatians 5, um, we're going to start reading from verse 13. It should come up uh, behind me on the screen. Um, Precious beautifully uh, wrote it all out for me this morning because my PowerPoint didn't work. So thank you, Precious. Um, But we're going to read from um, Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 13. Um, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Anyone identify with some of those? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who, hold, who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Lord, we come to you this morning, and Lord, we just ask that you would make your word um, live in us. Lord, we pray that it wouldn't just be um, nice words of wisdom, it wouldn't be little um, sound bites, but Lord, we pray your word would transform us, um, Lord, through your, through your power. Lord, we just ask you to come and uh, speak right into the depths of who we are. Lord, we pray, speak into our identity, speak into who we think we are, who we think we ought to be, Lord Jesus, and just help us to correct our vision, Lord, and to fix our eyes on you afresh this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so what we see in this um, passage um, is we see this kind of wrestling. We see this tussling um, backwards and forwards, this idea of um, the flesh and the spirit, if you like, wrestling um, between each other. Um, actually, when I've always uh, read this, I've always, I've always um, had got it a little bit wrong, to be honest. I've always understood it in a slightly different way. Um, and I wonder if I could illustrate that. Um, if there's anybody that would like to help me with an illustration, I need two people. They can be young or old, it doesn't matter. Melody's hand is straight up. Come on, Melo. I need somebody else. I need somebody else. I need a brave hand. So, Melody, you are braver than every single person still sat down. Congratulations. Yes, Louis, there we go. And Nella, wonderful. Nella, wonderful. Wonderful, Nella. That is fine. Nella, why don't you come and stand with Melody? In fact, let's stand in here. Um, so, so if we come forward a little bit, come, come forward a bit. Um, so... Louis um, is going to be the flesh, um, and Melody and <laughs> Melody and um, Nella are going to be the spirit. And this is how I've often understood or read this passage in Galatians. So, Lou, if you take my arm, um, and uh, Melody and Nella, if you take my other arm, um, and then if you pull me in different directions, there you go. So, I've often understood Galatians five. Okay, this is going to be uncomfortable, um, but. <laughs> I've often understood Galatians 5 in this context, that you kind of have this kind of wrestling between the two, um, that kind of somehow you've got the flesh that wants you to do one thing and you've got the spirit that wants you to do another thing. Um, and Thank you, guys. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, and I've often understood it. In fact, Melody and Nella, don't go too far. Uh, I've often understood it in that context, 
um, that you have this kind of wrestling. When actually, when we read the passage, um, actually, Mello and Mello come back. Um, well, Nella, Nella, you want to come back as well? Come on then, Nella. Um, when actually, when we read the passage, it's not that we are victims in this. Um, it's not that we're come somehow caught in between this cosmic power struggle. Actually, when you read the passage, it's our flesh that wrestles against the Holy Spirit. And so if these guys continue to be the, the Spirit, actually, if you take my arm again um, and pull me, actually, it's more like I'm pushing this way and they're pulling me back. And so you, actually, I'm not a passive bystander. I'm not a victim, somebody that's caught in the middle of this. I'm actively, um, by my own human desires, my only fleshly desires, looking to do the opposing thing. Thank you, guys. Wonderful. Um, you can go and sit down. And actually, we, are, we, we kind of often put ourselves quite objectively in the middle and think that we are somehow a victim of these circumstances. But actually, that's not really true. Um, and I'd love, to, I'd love to illustrate this with another illustration. This one takes a little bit more calculated thought. Um, so Dave Normington and Rachel Cosnahan, if you could come up quickly. Um, so Dave, Dave is going to stand over by Ari. Um, and Rachel, if you, ju- if you just stand there... Um, So often this is kind of the way it plays out in our lives because very often, sometimes it feels like a very real power struggle that if you're kind of really wrestling with something and that might drive you to prayer, that might drive you to all sorts of things. Um, But actually, um, it probably looks more like this. So Dave and this, Dave and Nella, wonderful. Nella, you are wonderful. Um, Dave and Nella are going to play the role of the Holy Spirit in this. Um, And Rachel, um, if you like, is going to be my goals, my dreams, my ambitions. Let's say for the purpose of this illustration that um, I feel like God's called me to a particular purpose. He's called me to be a nation changer, somebody that influences nations, somebody that has a place of position. Um, I'm sure in 21st century London, nobody here struggles with ambition. Or maybe we do. Um, but actually, kind of, you see this played out in a lot of workplaces and things like that. Actually, that drive to be the best, that drive to um, succeed, that drive to have that top place of uh, power and authority. And so Dave um, is going to play the role of the Holy Spirit. I'm currently here. I feel like God's called me to be over with Rachel, a nation changer, somebody that shapes and influences a culture um, and a generation. So the Holy Spirit would say... You want me to be a nation changer? Okay, fine, yeah, sure. Yeah, you told me to be a nation changer. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you called me to be a nation changer, so I'm just going to... Yeah, no, it's fine, it's fine, okay, okay. So as nation changers, how would you like me to love and serve you? Um, I think I need some water. Ah, right, Okay. So let's play that out again, right? What I've done is I basically ignored, not necessarily ignored, I've interacted, but I haven't, I've, I've, what I've done is I've assumed that there is a superior call, that there's, that there's a call that God's called me to, that actually I'm not going to let anything else get in the way. And so what I've done is I've got myself to this position and I've surpassed any other opportunity, when in reality, this is probably how it should play out. So, Dave. Go and get a cup, Rich. Uh, well, you called me to be a nation changer, so should I... Go and get the cup. The cup? Yeah. Why the cup? Go and get the cup. First. Go, okay. Uh, but, okay, fine. All right, so I'll get a cup. Great. Okay. Yeah, now what? Nation changer? Got it. The, the what? 
Run get some water. Water? Where? Just over there. Over there? Oh, yeah. Um, but you call me to be a nation changer. Put some water in the cup. Okay, fine. All right. Um, this water? Yep. All right. Uh, if I can open it. <laughs> it's all right. Tanika normally does it for me. Oh, yeah, cheers, thanks. Uh, now what? Uh, uh, over there? Ah, oh, okay. Well, why have I got this? Why? Yeah, but why the car? Okay, fine, all right, okay. Oh, thanks, Rich. That's exactly what I needed. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> right? You see how this works? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel and Dave. Um, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know illustrations are never perfect, um, but I think what, it, what, what, what I wanted to demonstrate and illustrate is just how, how almost basic it can be. And that actually, when we feel like God's called us to something so massive, so huge, so, so, so large in a way, we kind of think that we have to get rid of everything else to create space for that. When actually God has us on a journey, God had us, has us on a path. And actually, as we're walking in step with his spirit, his timing is perfect, his plan is perfect, and you know, we can trust him that he knows the end from the beginning. And that actually as we walk in that, he is bringing through things through to completion. Um, I know this, um, my own life, we, Tanika and I, um, several years ago, um, were, uh, we were in a meeting um, and somebody uh, had a word for us, um, a prophetic word they felt was from God, they just said, you're going to have a house, um, and you're going to host people, and you're going to love people, and you're going to use your house, um, and God's going to bless you with a really nice home, um, and you're just going to love people out of that place. And we were like, oh, okay. Uh, we didn't have any money at the time, um, and it was just kind of like, well, what do we do with this? Um, and so actually, what happened was, over the next year to 18 months, it was a series of... Um, we got given some money, um, we had an opportunity, house fell through, we put in a few offers, other houses fell through, and in the midst of it, you were just like, God, what is going on? And you know you get to that point where you're like, Lord, teach me whatever you're teaching me so that I can get through this and get out the other side. Um, and the incredible thing is, within you know, 18 months or so, God had blessed us with an incredible home, um, and we were able to do that. Um, and it's, kind of, it's almost like in the process, there was a lot of pain and struggle and difficulty. There were times when Tanika was like, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. What's the point? It's a waste of time. We're never going to be able to do it. We'll just have to wait till we move out of London or something supernatural happens. And I was like, well, yeah, that's the point. So let's pray. <laughs> and let's go. Let's do something. Um, and things like that. Um, so yeah, um, and I think we can all identify with certain areas in our own lives where we feel like God might have given us big dreams or big goals or big ambitions. And actually, if we don't keep submitting them to the Lord, often they can kind of get in the way and hinder us in our relationship with God. And actually, we don't learn to grow. And then um, if we look back in this passage, um, it talks about actually walking in step with um, the Spirit. And quite often, um, there's, there's this idea of just walking faithfully with God. 
over time. Just as you, It doesn't look impressive, it doesn't look powerful, but you just hear what God's saying and you just walk faithfully um, with him. And many people in this room would have testimonies um, of, of God's faithfulness in those seasons and God just walking with us um, through certain things. And very often, especially when working with people pastorally and things like that, there's quite a few objections that tend to come up. Things like, I don't feel like God's speaking to me. I don't feel like he's, he's given me a direction. I don't feel like he's given me a purpose. Well, the reality is, as Dan shared last week, he's written 66 books for us. God has spoken. I can promise you the answers are probably in there. But by God's grace, he also chooses to speak through individuals, through people. He chooses to speak through dreams, through visions, through um, so many different ways that if we're just listening and open to him, then actually we can just walk in obedience with that. But it's when we kind of shut everything else out because God's called us to this, you know, that we can kind of narrow it down and we lose sight of actually what we're supposed to be doing, which is actually just walking faithfully with the Lord. The second one is that quite often it doesn't make sense. So often, often I'm talking with people and they're like, well, um, God's told me to quit my job um, and I don't really have uh, a plan. Um, God's told me to move here and I don't really know why. Um, And it often doesn't make sense. And just like God's called you to be a nation changer and yet your first step is to get a cup and then a glass of water, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't always make sense. But the incredible thing is that actually if he knows the end from the beginning, then he knows why you need to get that cup of water in order to get to the end to shape a nation. That's that's the reality. Um, We see right back in Genesis, um, the story of Joseph, you can read it back in Genesis, where he's given dreams about he is literally called to be a nation changer. He says that his household will bow down and worship him. And he he was... Uh, His brothers didn't take too kindly to it, sold him into slavery, and all of a sudden things are going bad, right? And actually, he takes this incredible detour through Egypt, through jail, into a house of position um, in Potiphar's house before he's then eventually back in prison. And it's kind of just when things were looking up, things all of a sudden go bad. And actually, very often, because it doesn't make sense, somewhere along the journey, we give up. Somewhere along the journey, we go, well, what's the point? And actually, we can often be tempted to question God's faithfulness in it, even though we haven't got to the end to know if he is or isn't faithful. Do you understand what I'm saying? That actually we give up part of the way and we don't know if he's going to be faithful through to the end because we haven't given him the chance. He's never promised that we're going to have an easy ride, but if he knows the end from the beginning, and if he works all things according to the good of those that love him, not necessarily nice, but good of those who love him, then we can trust him on that journey. And it might be difficult, it might be painful, it might be joyful, and it might be fun, and it might be exciting. It could be all of those things. But actually, our foundation of faith, our position of just walking in step with the Spirit, Lord, what are you saying now? What are you saying now? What are you saying now? doesn't change. And I think very often when we become Christians, we, we, we become Christians and we default to, well, that's it now. I've, I've given my life to Jesus um, and I'm done. When actually there's a whole journey to then begin. And so actually making that commitment to follow Jesus is only the beginning. It's only the beginning of a lifetime of adventure and growth and maturity in God. And the difficulty is it doesn't always look exciting. It doesn't always look easy um, And it doesn't always make sense. 
And so I want us to um, just jump quickly to verse 22. Um, And as we do this, as we follow God, as we walk with him, verse 22 tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit singular, what that means is there's one fruit. It's not as if these things are a checklist. So love, joy, peace, great. So what do I need to work on today to get better? That's completely the wrong mentality. This is the fruit of the Spirit. So actually, if we commune and we relate and we work with God and we walk with him, actually what we start to see playing out in our life is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. So when you come into contact with Christians and you think, man, they're just always so joyful all the time. What is it? It's the fruit, the Spirit. Oh, wow, I can't believe that person loves me so much. Fruit, the Spirit. They're one and the same thing. It's not, a, it's not a plurality of fruits. It's not like they're trying to love you more or they're trying to be happy. They're trying to be joyful. They're trying to be kind. They're trying to be gentle. These are just some of the things that happen as God begins to work in our heart and transform us. And as we walk with him, and if we allow him in to do that work, then we will walk and grow um, in those things. It's interesting then, right at the end, in verse 24, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So let me bring you back to that illustration. So I'm called to be a nation changer. And the Holy Spirit tells me to get a cup. At that point, I have a choice to make. Am I going to live by the flesh, carry out the desires of the flesh? Well, this is what I want to do. Or are we going to be obedient to the Spirit? So actually, do you know what? Those, Those dreams... I lay them down because I believe that you have the best for me. I believe that, God, you know the best for me, and therefore I'm going to lay that aside, and I'm going to go get the cup. That's not an easy decision to make, especially if you're carrying particular promises from God that you feel are from him, and you feel like he's called you to do it. It just doesn't always look like how you think it's going to look. And so actually, every time God calls us to something, every time God takes us on, every time we feel God speak, there's a decision we have to make. Are we going to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires and humbly serve and honour him? And I think just as I was preparing this, I felt, I felt particularly for two, um, for two people, I felt like there are um, certain people in the room um, and you just feel like you're a victim. You just feel like you're caught in the middle of kind of this cosmic power struggle that you kind of, and Paul even, you know, Paul even articulates it almost um, where he says to keep me from doing the things I want to do. And so it's kind of this idea that somehow you're wrestling. um, And I just really felt God would just want to highlight that whole idea, actually thinking about it in terms of your flesh and the Holy Spirit wrestling and pulling you in different directions is, is you've got the wrong idea. You aren't a victim in this. That actually we are perpetrators. We are the ones that actively, if you like, sometimes disobey the spirit. Sometimes turn away and do our own thing. We see it, we can trace it right the way back. The story of the Bible goes right back to Adam, where God created the world and he placed a tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden. He said to Adam and Eve, I give you everything. I give you free reign. Just this tree, don't do it. It's not going to go well. You're going to die. Everything else, go for it. 
And so, and what we see is actually Adam and Eve, they're tempted by the snake, they take of the fruit, um, and they're banished from the Garden of Eden. And actually that rebellion, that corruption of God's creation, if you like, actually has tainted um, and scarred humanity, has scarred the rest of um, humanity ever since. Um, And that's why Jesus had to come into the world. Because where we tend to go our own way, where we tend to want to do our own thing, where we want to give in to the desires of the flesh, actually Jesus came and lived the perfect life, never gave in to the desires of the flesh. That's not to say he wasn't tempted, but he never gave in to the desires of the flesh. And so Jesus died the perfect death that we should have deserved. That actually was the result of that rebellion. That rebellion had consequences, death. And so I'd love us um, just to stand for a second. Um, I know we're short of time. And I'd love to pray for people. I'd love to pray for people that kind of... um, I feel like there's, there's, there's that kind of idea of you're, you're, you're somehow a victim in this, that you've kind of got caught in the middle of something. And, and, and I just really want to pray um, that God would fill you with the Spirit. Um, when we read the New Testament, um, the filling, um, people being filled with the Spirit is a term that's often used, um, and it describes us being equipped and empowered to live lives that glorify God um, And I'd love to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit. Um, I feel like there's also people that um, perhaps you don't know Jesus, um, perhaps you've never put your trust in Jesus for the first time. Um, And I just feel like there's a sense in which God wants to um, just kind of take you on in that journey. And it's it's not that you pray a prayer once and that's it, job done. Actually, it's an understanding that this is a life lived out of sacrifice and service to God. That to actually be a Christian is to belong to Christ. You have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It's not an easy thing to hear. And essentially what it means is you're putting Jesus first. You're putting Jesus over every other circumstance, every other situation. And so if, if, if one of those two things particularly speaks to you, then just where you are, um, why don't you just close your eyes? Um, maybe you want to lift your hands just as a, a sign of response Um, and I'd love to just pray Um, and I believe that as I pray I believe that God's going to even now be speaking to individuals going to be speaking to people Um, Lord Jesus thank you that you are good Lord thank you that you are faithful Lord thank you that Lord you do have a plan and a purpose for us Lord thank you that you know Um, the beginning and the end. Lord, thank you that you um, aren't distant. Lord, thank you that you are right in the midst of it with us. Lord, thank you that you call us to walk um, by your Spirit. And Lord, we want to be those that are obedient, Lord, to all that you say. Lord, we want to be those that have our ears um, attentive to you. Lord, and we just pray, Lord, those some of those areas, Lord, where perhaps you don't speak to us as we expect. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would Um, Lord just begin to whisper and direct us and lead us and Lord we pray for humility Lord we pray that you would give us humility Lord not to not not to give in to um, the desires of the flesh Lord not to give over to those things not to place um, anything else above you 
But Lord, we pray for humility to just come before broken before you and in submission to you and just say, Lord, we trust your work on the cross. Lord, we trust what you accomplished for us. We trust that as you rose again from the dead, that, Lord, you raised us to new life in you. That, Lord, as you poured out your spirit, Lord, you poured out your spirit on all flesh. Lord, that we can now walk empowered um, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.